your news program every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. It is 7.39 and the Electoral College could, in theory, still vote for Hillary Clinton to become the next President of the United States when they meet on December 19th to formalise what we've just seen, the US presidential election. In fact, over 4 million people have signed a petition calling on members of the college to do exactly that. Uh, Others are just asking for the complete reform of this system after Clinton won more votes than Donald Trump but still lost the election. This whole system is set up in a way that uh, offers a full breadth of states across the US uh, to have their say on the presidential election rather than adding uh, undue weight to, for example, those heavily populated cities that as it turns out, have been heavily supporting Hillary Clinton. Hans von Spakovsky, Manager of Election Law Reform Initiative, Senior Legal Fellow at the Heritage Foundation, joins us on the line right now from the US. Good morning to you from Seoul. Good morning to you. Great to have you on the line. So, um, I mean, firstly, this can be a confusing system for those of us who uh, have just followed elections in the US loosely. Can you give us a quick appraisal? Sure. Um the, the way our system works is uh, each state gets a certain number of electoral college votes, and that number uh, is a combination of the two senators in the U.S. Senate, which each state has, and the number of members of the House of Representatives that they have. Uh, so, for example, some of the smaller states like Montana, which is out in the western part of the U.S., where they have uh, two U.S. senators but only one uh, U.S. member of the House, they have three electoral college votes. When people actually vote on November 8th, uh, they're not really voting for uh, the Republican or the Democratic candidate. They are voting for electors who have pledged that they will vote either for the Republican or the Democrat. Um, Those electors, as you have said, will actually meet to cast their vote in uh, December, uh, and that's the time at which... um, uh, the the actual winner of the election will be declared. The system, as you've just described it, um, it still obviously offers weight to heavily populated cities, doesn't it? It's just yes. a, a far smaller yes. number than the overall millions. That's right. And, and actually, this election proves that the original intent of the framers of our Constitution, their original intent actually worked in this election. Here's why they come up with this electoral system rather than a national popular vote. They were afraid that if the president was simply decided by the national popular vote, then candidates would simply go to the big cities and campaign in the heavily populated urban areas, and they would skip and not uh, pay any attention to the more rural areas of the country, the places with a smaller population. And so this way, even the, even the most least populated states in the country still um, get enough electoral college votes that their votes could make a difference. You know, the larger areas still have more weight, but they don't have as much as greater weight as they would without the electoral college system. Now, the other the other part about this is uh, the framers believed that rather than having a national, one national election, 
the best candidate to lead the country would be someone who won uh, elections in every state across the country. In other words, won regional elections uh, everywhere, because that meant that they would appeal to a broader cross-section of Americans. That, in fact, worked. If, if you look at the breakdown mm. of the Trump versus Clinton um, votes, you'll see that uh, Donald Trump was uh, elected by a much broader swath of America, the rural areas, the west, west, many western states, whereas the votes for Hillary Clinton mainly just came from uh, urban areas on the uh, northeast coast, uh, California, and places like that. So he actually got a broader uh, swath, I think, of the country. And I think it's fair to say, don't you, that uh, had the result gone the other way, had Hillary Clinton won as convincingly as analysts forecast, there'd be a lot less in the way of a challenge to this system right now. Oh, that's true. Uh, but I, I actually have been uh, just shaking my head a little bit at all those who, who blame the current system and, and say that, for example, that, well, obviously he doesn't now have a mandate from the American people to be president. Uh, I, I would point them to the uh, original election of her husband, Bill Clinton, back in 1992, um, we believe that Trump is going to end up with, with uh, 46 to 47 percent of the vote. Uh, Bill Clinton only had 43 percent. Mm. of the vote back when he was first elected because the third-party candidate in the race, Ross Perot, got a very large percentage of, of the vote. So actually, Trump's going to have a bigger mandate than Bill Clinton did. But we still have this very curious situation where, in theory, the Electoral College uh, has the power to, uh, if it deems fit, uh, overturn the decision if, if it sees, for example, Donald Trump as uh, being unfit for the presidency, right? I mean, that there is that, that safeguard that, in place. Yeah. The, the, well, that is true, but, but it, it's not going to happen. Um, in the entire history of the United States, uh, the number of, of uh, electors who have broken their pledges to vote for a particular candidate, that has only happened uh, a very small number in a very small number of cases, mm. and it's never been sufficient to overturn any election result. Is that done through collusion, though? Like, I mean, if you're going to be the one breaking ranks, do you have to make sure that uh, everybody else is going to hold sway to prevent some sort of revolt? Uh, yeah, I mean, the only way you could do this is if you could successfully convince a large number of electors mm. to, to change their votes. And I, I can just guarantee you that that is just not going to happen. Can you just address for us what you make of democracy as things stand? It's a question that keeps coming up lately. You know, are we seeing the failure of democracy or, or is this election an example of democracy uh, working? Because, um, th th you know, uh, this argument that's being made repeatedly on social media about overall votes and, and big cities, I think you've already gone some way to arguing against it. But can you just clarify for us how this remains democratic? Oh, I think this was, look... Uh, someone, as you know, very famously once said that the democracy is a messy business, um, and uh, and it's the worst system around. Except no one's ever invented a better system. And I think this actually was a hard-fought, hard-fought election. And people, a lot of people, got out and and voted. And um, uh, the the other thing about it is, you know, uh, people have said now for many years, or have claimed that, um, oh, you know, uh, big money is. Um, 
is completely spoiling our system. Whoever's got the most money, they always win the election. Well, this election proved that to be not true. Mm. Hillary Clinton had enormous amounts of money, way outspent uh, Donald Trump, and yet he still uh, he still beat her in the election. And not only that, but um, he he managed to win some of our states. Michigan is one. Pennsylvania is another. Where a Republican hasn't hasn't won there in literally in decades, yeah. and no one even considered that he might have uh, he might win in those states. And yet he did. I, I actually think, even though it's very messy, it, it, this whole race shows that, that our democracy uh, is still functions very well. And finally, just briefly, what about the non-voters, uh, with nearly half of eligible voters not taking part at all? Uh, do you think that's a, a disgrace? Or, or do you have sympathy for people who, who, who simply don't know which way to vote and then uh, still have their say effectively with a non-vote? Well, you know, I'm I'm always uh, I always wish that uh, more people would turn out to to vote, but look, that's their choice. Um, uh, that nothing forces you to go to the polls. Nothing prevents you from going to the polls. And and people who uh, don't vote, in some ways, they've they've made a choice. And I wish they would, but the fact that they haven't. You know, that's just something we, we have to live with. There's not much we can do about it. Right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Hans von Spakowski giving us uh, an insight into the electoral college system in the United States, speaking to us via the Heritage Foundation, obviously um, a fan of the electoral college system. So if you're listening now and, and you're internally screaming or even doing so outwardly, sitting in traffic, if it's safe to do so, please do get in touch with us and give your arguments against Pounder Sharp 1013 for 51 per message. You can tweet us at EFM this morning.